King's kids, if you're in second grade on down, we're cutting you loose. You're free. You're stuck. You're free. You're stuck. <laughs> I feel your pain, my friend. I'm stuck too. We'll make the best of it, okay? Since you, since you were here last, we're out of the Old Testament. Now we're, we're into the Gospel of Luke, so that should be a little bit of a bright, bright shining spot. Do we have a microphone ready? All right, just a second here. Yeah, you ready? Yeah, let her ready. She needs the mic too. But actually, she doesn't need a mic. <laughs> so turn to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Follow along in your Bibles as we read Luke 1 from Pat. You've probably read this story many times, so today just try to listen to it as if it were brand new. Mm -hmm. The birth of John the Baptist foretold. In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly order of Abijah. His wife was a descendant of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous before God, living blamelessly according to all the commandments and regulations of the Lord. But they had no children, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were getting on in years. Once when he was serving as priest before God and his section was on duty, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and offer incense. Now at the time of the incense offering, the whole assembly of the people was praying outside. Then there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified and fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you will name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or strong drink, even before his birth. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit. He will turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. With the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before him to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, How will I know this is so? For I am an old man, and my wife is getting on in years. The angel replied, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. But now, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute unable to speak until the day these things occur. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they wondered at his delay in the sanctuary. When he did come out, he could not speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. He kept motioning to them and remained unable to speak. When his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she remained in seclusion. She said, this is what the Lord has done for me when he looked favor favorably on me and took away the disgrace I have endured among my people. 
In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered into the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. Amen. Jesus was a fetus. The King of Kings is conceived by the Holy Spirit. This long, lengthy section, which is not even the entire chapter can be divided into four parts. And what I want you to get today is I want you to see as we go through this, I want you to see how Luke describes many different people, many different circumstances, so we can unlearn our own cultural biases and learn to be a church that values all people the way God does regardless of how they are different from us. Luke is on a mission to show us who Jesus is. 
And from the very beginning, he's special. First major section, praise God in your old routines. There are a lot of amazing details in this announcement of the, the uh, conception and coming of John the Baptist. Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth have been trying to have kids for a long time, and she is barren. But not anymore. It's a surprise baby. A lot of you are surprise babies. I'm a surprise baby. And it's a blessing. It's unexpected. But I want you to see how in their struggle, in their sorrow for decades of not having a kid, that they, he, they kept up with their routines of serving and worshiping God anyway. He didn't quit. He didn't refuse to offer incense. That God has never answered me. He keeps on keeping on, and he would have kept on even if he never had a son. That is faithfulness. He would have still kept worshiping even if things hadn't changed. So keep praising God in your old routines. There's value and just keep going about serving the Lord where he has placed you in the situation of life he has given you in the circumstances that you have. Just worship him. You think they're the only barren couple? No. But they've been chosen. Second, Praise God with youthful submission. This is the section where Mary is told that she's going to bear a son. Uh, she confesses, I, I've not been with a man. I'm not married yet. I don't, how could I have a baby? Um, young people, hear, hear my warning. Hear the Bible's warning against youthful lust youthful passions and youthful foolishness wait and do things at the speed of God's timing do not you will not regret moving at the speed of the Holy Spirit even if it's different from everyone else around you that's part of what it means to be a believer we do things at a different pace of life doesn't mean you can't get married at <laughs> 18 years old and, and at work. It, it doesn't mean that. It does mean be patient. Mary and her integrity waited. And God used that. He can use you. Slow down. Keep God in your sights. And focus on serving, not being served. Interesting contrast, however, between Zechariah and his encounter with Gabriel and Mary and her encounter with Gabriel. They both asked, how? So on the surface, 
oath serving the Lord. But the angel has to point out as something that we don't get, some inside information. Zechariah doubted, Mary trusted. Zechariah gets a mild rebuke, and Mary gets praised. I think they're both believers. I, bo I think they both have faith in the Lord. But the situation, every situation is going to try us differently. And we need to prepare right now for the moment that God gives us the next hard message. Are we going to doubt it? And he's doubting a good message. <laughs> it's, not like, it's not like God said, okay, you, you got a year to live. Would he have accepted that better and said, so be it? Like, why is he doubting good news? That, that, that struck me. Why? What? Just like, yes! Here's some more incense. What else can I do in this place? You're the Lord. It's Mary who responds with humility, humbling herself. And that's a lesson for all of us. That the person who had gone through the most worship in God's presence at the temple, the elderly Zechariah, um, is outshined in the story by a teenage girl who simply says, Handmaiden of the Lord, as you wish. That's... That's, that speaks on many levels. Don't you get old and crusty and hard in your old age. Stay soft. Stay submissive. And don't you be rebellious and crazy in your youth. <laughs> Use that also for the Lord. Submit to what He puts in front of you. Third section, praise God in the circumstances. This is going to be the main section that we're going to focus on. So I won't say anything else about that. Praise God in the circumstances, what he gives you. Take it and praise him, even if you don't get all the details. Fourth section, praise God at the start, not just the end. All she's been given is an announcement by an angel and that's enough. She launches into this poetic expression of trusting in the Lord. She doesn't wait till she has the baby or knows that she's even pregnant. Well, I'll, I'll praise you when that happens. Man, she, in faith, she praises right there at the start. All she's been given is the word. And that was enough. That was enough to launch her into a very pointed personal worshipful moment and the bible is full of promises that as we read them in the new testament especially they should launch us into worship and gratitude and adoration and praise for who god is you need to learn to praise god now not when you're dead mary teaches us that this is this is front loaded shows us why the angel praised her. So this section, verses 39 through 45, and my Bible is titled, <clears throat> Mary Visits Elizabeth. 
verses 39 through 45. And in verse 39, we have the word haste. Verse 38, Mary said, Behold, I am the, the servant or the handmaid, the bondservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. She, she's submissive. She humbles herself. She accepts the proclamation. And then verse 39, in haste. How quickly did she get done singing that song, pack a bag, and head out to see her cousin? Now, what's the nature of that relationship? I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what that relationship looks like. Um, close. They're family. Um, but she hurried. She made haste. Why? I'm not exactly sure why. Maybe she wanted some confirmation. That's, that's not a bad thing. She can believe and trust. But let's go see what Mary learned. Let's go see what Elizabeth learned. Let's, let's put our information together. Did the same angel announce the same thing? Like, what's happening here? I'm going to go talk to somebody. Hey, why did the angel name drop? If he didn't mean for her to have somebody to confide in, right? Uh, maybe maybe she's just needs some confirmation. Or maybe it's some, she has some pregnancy questions. That can be an awkward ask when nobody else knows you're pregnant. Maybe she needs a place to live for a while. She wanted to hide. Not not because she knows she's done something wrong, but because she knows um, nobody's going to get this. I need to lay low for a bit. Um, looking for some comfort. Comfort with someone else who is also having an unexpected pregnancy. And then... An amazing encounter. Verse 41 says, When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, Mary comes to the front door, Elizabeth's at the back room, the baby leaped in Elizabeth's womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, that's a supernatural download right there. <laughs> Elizabeth is going about her business. Mary enters the building. Elizabeth, oh, Mary's here. Whoa! God's here too! In more ways than she gets at first. So she gets uh, some supernatural help. How do we know she's filled with the Spirit? <laughs> Verse 42, look what comes out of her mouth. She exclaimed with a loud cry, because Mary's in the other room. Um, in the other room, but you're going to hear this, girl. Blessed are you among women! Blessed is the fruit of your womb! I think the neighbors may have heard that one. I don't even need to look at you, Mary, and I know what's going on. How did Mary feel about that? Uh, I don't, she didn't have time to mail a letter. She made haste. She beat UPS there. She, she outran the courier system. Whatever. 
Like, no spoilers except for God. So this is supernatural download number two. This is, um, Mary may not have even known she was pregnant yet. Mary, blessed is the fruit of your womb. And Mary's like, already? All I did was run here. How is that? Whoa. Maybe she knew, maybe she didn't. I'm not sure, but she didn't have time to tell Elizabeth, and she knew, so that's, that's some supernatural insight right there. Supernatural. Next one. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, and then she says, verse 43, Why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Circle that phrase, mother of my Lord. Um, supernatural insight. She is not saying these things because she's figured it out. To be filled with the Holy Spirit means that she is getting firsthand information from God about the reality that is that she didn't know about. It was already true, but God is directly revealing things to Elizabeth. She's full of the Spirit. It's it's, it's a miracle. This whole thing is a miracle. Barren woman allowed to be pregnant. Unmarried woman pregnant. Information, walk through the door, fill with the spirit. Baby leaping in the womb. Now, she's, what, six months pregnant? I'm sure she knows what it feels like for the baby to move. It did something more than move. I, could you see this little high five coming out or something? Have you ever seen you ever seen a pregnant mom freak you out before? Say, hey, watch this. Whoa, ah! It 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 makes my stomach hurt. Really, that's kind of uh, that stuff should be on the inside. I don't want to see that. That is weird. Uh, kicking, pushing, ladies. How would it feel to have a, to leap? You know, to leap is to get some air. Boom! Like not just. I mean really move for her to say the baby leap whoa that a significant movement but more significant than that is this statement elizabeth says why does the mother of my lord come to me I've read this story before. I've never seen that. I mean, I've seen it, right? How old is Jesus if she made haste? That day, that age, the traveling, her age, traveling alone, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to make a guess, a holy guesstimate. It's been less than a month since she talked to that angel. I think it was pretty quick, but I'll give you a month if you're going to give her some travel time. Jesus is acknowledged as Lord at one month old. That, I, I, I have not been able to stop thinking about that this week. That's crazy. 
and beautiful and amazing. He is the smallest possible shoulders you could even imagine. The weight of the world is already on him. That's my God. He can handle it. That's so exciting. So tiny. But he's not frail. So minuscule. So magnificent. Just, just catch a glimpse. This is just Luke introducing a fetus to us. He's special. He's not waiting for Jesus to be born. He's telling you from the get-go, this guy is special. You better pay attention. You think he's this awesome and he's only a month old? Wait till he's resurrected. Showtime. Showtime. Amazing, supernatural insight. Then she says, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Supernatural fetus worship. (laughs) We've got a six-month-old worshiping a one-year-old. What is that all about? That's awkward. Uh, The angel Gabriel prophesied this. He's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, I think that's also preparing his mom for for some pretty weird stuff in this kid's life. He's going to be different, and she's going to embrace that. Why is he he walking in the wilderness, clothed in some animal skins, eating wild locusts and honey? Like, he never stops being weird. He is set apart by God on purpose. He is unique. He is in the in the in the sandals and the style of the Old Testament prophets because he is Elijah. He is, he's coming in the spirit of Elijah. He's going to be unique. Elijah spent a lot of time alone. In fact, so much time alone, he kind of whines about it to God. Well, I'm the only one left. God had to put him in his place. Dude, you're not. Suck it up. Keep preaching. Uh, so John the Baptist has got a unique um, template lined out for him, and it's supernatural. Uh, yeah, supernatural. And, and somehow, this guy John always has an inside scoop on Jesus that nobody else gets. Jesus is going to walk by him eventually. Behold the Lamb of God slain that lamb is going to be slain for the sins of the world behold like like he gets it and he didn't just get it then he's got it before he even comes out before he sees daylight and then i want to do the last one she says and verse 45 And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. 
there's some supernatural eavesdropping going on here. Somehow, some way, Elizabeth knows what was said to Mary. That's, that's God's work. God is letting her know that he's spoken to her as well. Do you think that encouraged Mary? You think walking in with all of your questions, with all of your thoughts, I mean, she's encountered an angel, people. Like, her mind's probably going a thousand miles an hour. What is, okay, let's just go see Mary, see what happens, let's go see Mary. She walks in, she doesn't say a thing. And Mary, I don't want to say unloads on her, but worships in front of her. <sighs> Confirmation. Confirmation. Verse 56, look, look ahead there. And Mary remained with her about three months before she went home. Yes. What's six plus three? What happens with a pregnant woman in around nine months? This is a great excuse for Mary to be gone. I'm going to go hang out with Elizabeth till she has this baby. I mean, that just removes a lot of doubt, removes a lot of... She's not... She's, she's there to help. Like she's, she's also there to serve. She's not just there to be built up. She's staying long enough. She contributes to this. She is in cahoots with Elizabeth. Those two have got some stories to tell. Uh, where'd Luke get this information? If you wanted to know this story about Mary and Elizabeth, who would you go talk to? Mary. And Elizabeth. It's not been that long when he writes this down. He... he is doing eyewitness accounts. He's giving us inside information. Now, it's been long enough. I don't know how old Elizabeth was. Maybe she's passed away since then. But Mary, she's still there. And if not Mary, then maybe she's got other brothers and sisters or neighbors. And He's getting firsthand information. He's there. He is a journalist, and it is amazing. Thankful for him. Uh, and so at this point, I'll pump the brakes, and I just want to step back and, and point out to you something you probably don't notice. You probably don't notice what Luke did in verses 5 through 56. God speaks to a male priest first, and that man doubts. Then God speaks to some lowly women and they believe. Elizabeth is barren. She even says in verse 25, it was a reproach. It was looked down upon. There's a stigma to an elderly woman who is unable to have kids. What is wrong with her? And through Luke, God says nothing is wrong with her. Nothing. Watch me bless her. Watch me fill her. Watch me cause her to worship me. And the same thing with Mary, but a different perspective. 
She's a young, unmarried girl without significant wealth, status, power, education. We don't know what her future holds. She's going to marry just another guy, Joseph. But God, through Luke, says, Oh, favored one. I get the impression that God likes normal people. Not many of you, not many of you are high in status, are elite, are cultured. Not many of you are from powerful, influential families, and yet God calls us to be the body of Christ. God loves working with broken toys that's all there is to work with no matter how rich or powerful they are they're broken too it's like God is going out of his way through Luke to point out something we don't notice we're used to women leading we're used to women voting teaching starting small businesses uh, schooling children educating children but not in Israel in the first century if God really wanted to do something huge then he should use the right people. He should, God should be doing this through the high priest. Well, she's a daughter of the sons of Aaron. No, no, should be from the high priest. If God wants to do this right, he needs to use those who are rich, those who are powerful. Why is he not using Herod's family? He's the king under the Romans. He can speak face to face with these other leaders. He can actually get some stuff done. Why is God not using powerful movers and shakers? He's using Mary and Elizabeth. Why? Luke is showing us why. Because it's God, and he doesn't have to. He does not want to do things by the way we think we should be doing things. And that is something that we lose, that is lost in translation. Because we are a culture that has built up and promoted equality. Or have we? Do we self-classify our society based upon wealth, ability, education, debt? Do we self-impose a class system on ourselves that is not biblical? Do we self-value ourselves according to what we do or have done? Luke is making a concerted effort here to elevate the status of some unknown, unrespected women. He's going to do that a lot. It's going to show Jesus talking with a lot of people who everyone else would say aren't that important. So notice that. Luke frames the life of Jesus with obscure women of faith even though they don't have rank or power or influence. And this is going to be the Jesus way. The Jesus way is using unlikely people. Most of them do not see it coming. Which is why when God uses them or reaches to them or speaks to them, <laughs> they just erupt with praise and worship and fall down at Jesus' feet and are humbled because... They are the ones who need the physician. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. 
those who are self-righteous don't even know that they are lost. This is the Jesus way, using unlikely people. Verse, look in verse 42. She exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. So Jesus is under a month old, and Jesus is a fetus when he is first called Lord. Wow. He's under a month when he's first called Lord. Not much time has passed since the announcement. She's going to stay another three months. She's only been married, or only Elizabeth's been pregnant for six months. Just all that time frame. It's just chop, chop. And Jesus is Lord. Verse 43 is a little jarring, at least to Mary. Why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? See, I, I got hung up the first time through on the my Lord part. <laughs> I think Mary got hung up on the mother of that. <laughs> Wait, what? Um, this is, this is kind of jarring because this is an elderly woman who is essentially praising a younger woman. Should be the opposite. Mary's the one who's coming in the right attitude. Learn, I'm here to learn. I'm here to, I'm here to help. And for Elizabeth to call her the mother of my Lord, that, that's, that's a jarring statement. I, I can't think of a better word for this. Kind of unexpected. Okay, yeah, we got that announcement. She's not, I don't think she's had time to put that announcement together like he's going to be this, he's going to be this, he's going to be this. And then she's like, I'm the mother of the Lord. Wait, what? Oh, yeah, I've, I've barely processed the Lord part, the, that Savior part. I've barely processed that. That makes me his mom. Um, awkward. How do you raise the Son of God? How? Yeah, little, little, a little understanding as to why she ponders these things in her heart as things are coming to her. She's got a lot to process um, and a lot to think about. And I'm just going to praise her right here and say, thanks for not being like Peter and sticking your foot in your mouth. Because if that dude had been there, he'd have said something stupid. Because that's what dudes do. That's what we do. Just, yeah, she takes it. Like, that's amazing. Also, verse 43, this unborn human is already affecting people because he's already Emmanuel, as prophesied in Isaiah. He's already the Son of God. He's already God with us. From the moment of conception he's already valuable he's already anticipated he's already loved other people are being affected by this unborn baby jesus this my friends is why as god's people we so value the lives of unborn humans they are humans they have value they have worth they have meaning. They are people. They're real. No matter what the laws say we can or cannot do with our unborn children, 
We, as the church, need to learn to love, support, and care for women who are pregnant. Here's the hard part. No matter the circumstances. And the stronger your opinion on that, the more involved in their lives you need to be. You are not allowed to have a strong opinion if you're not going to pony up your money and pony up your time to help fix the situation. Because then your opinion is useless. You may preach all day that you value life. And I'm going to point at you all day and say, prove it. There are many organizations in our town that support and care for abused, battered, pregnant, needy women and children. You say you value life. You don't fix that through your vote. You fix that through your presence, by showing up, by serving, by giving. That's what saves unborn, unwanted children. It's people that will show love to scared, desperate, needy women. We don't do that at the ballot box. And I don't care who the president is. We can affect people if we show up. That's how we, that's how we help. God bless you. Thanking Sherry Bell this morning. If you didn't know, uh, AJ got placed in a home. Um, we've been praying for that like a long time. And we've been supporting, we, we've, we've encountered a lot of needy kids and families throughout the years in our church. And thank you for that. We welcome, do they always act well? <laughs> Never. When they first come here, they're little hellions running all over the place. They don't know how to sit in church. They don't know how to sit in the youth group. I, I deal with that when, when you have new kids. But we just, we gently lead them along the way. We show a lot of patience. We show a lot of care. How are we going to respond when one of our girls has a teenage pregnancy. You better prepare for that right now. We're going to accept them. We're going to show them grace. And if you're not willing to step in and help, then I'm politely asking you to shut your mouth. Help. Love serve, give. That's how we change the world. By advocating for the unborn who God values. Jesus was a fetus. There's value in that because he's a human. Stepping back, big takeaway Here's my big takeaway. Remember, I started with Luke is describing different people, different circumstances, so we can unlearn our cultural biases and be the church that values all people regardless of their differences from us or their states in life or their circumstances. We need to value people. Here's my step back, big takeaway. This baby is going to blow your mind. <laughs> if this is how he starts... Wow. Just being around him is going to be awkward forever. You know why? Because when you're in the presence of perfection, it's awkward. Nobody else around him is perfect. Like, he is the one who should be awkward, but that's not how it works. 
in his glory and in his majesty, he drowns out our awkwardness. And this, is, this kid is going to grow up inviting people to be with him. And there's nobody more qualified to be standoffish than this kid. Jesus is more qualified to push all of us away. Nope, don't want anything to do with you. Sinner, liar, alcoholic, drunkard, divorced, remarried, wrong, wrong, wrong. Just, like, he could find a fault in all of us. I uh, don't like that, don't like that. Because he's perfect. If anybody could be standoffish, it's Jesus. And when we read about him, there's nobody more open-armed, more welcoming, more forgiving, more God-like. Behold your God. The King Jesus has been conceived. We get to know a lot about him and learn a lot about him, and it's good. Where does that leave us? One more time, Mary's song. If you want to follow along, verse 46. Here's what it makes her do, and here's what it should make us do. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. He has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations are going to call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him. That's Exodus 34, 6. His mercy is for those who fear him. Can you believe she brought fear of the Lord into this? How dare her? Fear him. From generation to generation, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the thoughts of their hearts. He's brought down the mighty from their thrones, and he has exalted those of humble estate. He's filled the hungry with good things. The rich he has sent away empty. He's just. He's helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. He's fulfilling prophecy, and the end of all things is coming down to it. He spoke to our fathers, to Abraham but his offspring forever. Luke is already presenting to us a strong case for who Jesus is. Your homework this week is to go back and reread verses 15 and 16 and verse 35. In the first half of the first chapter, he's presenting the Trinity. He presents Father, Son, and Spirit twice. Luke, this is an amazing story, but that's not what he's after. He's presenting this Jesus, this baby, as the Son of God, equal to the Father and the Spirit, right out of the gate. The theology that we haven't tapped into yet is already a mile deep, and we are just getting out the first shovel load. It's going places. Read ahead each week. Next week, we'll pick it up in verse 57. Stand with me as we ask this Jesus to be our Lord. Bow your head, close your eyes as we pray. Whew. King Jesus, thank you. Thank you for being patient with us. 
Thank you for all the mistreatment that you went through. Thank you for enduring all the people who misunderstood you as a baby, who misunderstood you as a toddler, who misunderstood you in elementary school, who misunderstood you in middle school, all the people who misunderstood you when you were a teenager, all the people who misunderstood you when you were a single adult man and didn't get married. Thank you, God, for putting up with all the people who always misunderstood you because they'd never seen anyone wholly dedicated to their Heavenly Father. God, we miss it because we are not wholly dedicated as we should be. Thank you for your patience with Mary, with Zechariah. Thank you for your patience with Elizabeth. And thank you for your patience with a sinner like me. May this Jesus lead and direct us forever and ever. Amen. Created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and renew a right spirit within me. Benediction verse for today is from 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. And you are dismissed. <laughs>